Today is Sunday, August 29th, and welcome to Zoom with Zarni. I'm very happy to have the uh, today the Claytown Democrats on. Uh, they are uh, a great group of Democrats who are really up and coming committee that is working on uh, putting uh, a, almost a full slate towards uh, into the ballot this year. Uh, on our program, we have Carrie Agerbrett and David Marino, who are running for Claytown board, as well as Nancy Kinnett, who's the Claytown chair. Unfortunately, Fred Hart, another uh, town board member, and Amika uh, Flagg, a, a candidate for uh, town clerk, could not join us on the call, but we hope to have them on sometime before the end of the election season. But this represents a large slate of candidates, one of the largest slate of candidates that we've seen in Clay in years, and it's a great opportunity uh, if you live in Clay, which has one-fifth of the county in it, um, for you to have a choice on the ballot box uh, this year. So uh, they talk a lot about what's happening in Clay, uh, what's not happening in Clay, things that they would like to see happen, and why they're running for office. And they're a phenomenal group of candidates. And uh Phenomenal uh, Clay Town Chair as well. So uh, I hope you stick around for the interview. Uh, there is not much going on this week uh, leading up into Labor Day uh, at the Board of Elections. However, our, I am excited because I'm actually traveling to Albany Monday through Thursday for our summer conference for the New York State Elections Commissioner Association. <coughs> this conference is a conference that happens biannually it is the main training component for uh, boards of elections commissioners and, and uh, the state board of elections participates. I participate, everybody participates in, uh, in helping train new commissioners. For the first time in I think three or four uh, conferences, I'm actually not teaching a class this year, um, but um, I am gonna be learning <laughs> because there's a lot to do. And uh, we'll be talking to vendors about uh, upgrades that they're having to our system. Uh, I'm also standing for re-election as caucus chair of the New York State Elections Commissioner Association Democratic Caucus. So um, I hope uh, by Tuesday, I'll be telling you that I'm serving another term, uh, the one year terms and as caucus chair, that's a role that is not paid, it's volunteer, uh, but I do a lot of work and it allows me the opportunity to advocate for my Democratic Elections Commissioners as well as all Elections Commissioners throughout the state when talking about uh, election reform and bills and legislation uh, as well as resources for the boards of elections. So it is a honor to be that. I've been that since 2017. Um, it's allowed me to be at the table when uh, things are being discussed, especially with COVID last year and other things. And it's something that uh, I uh, really am pleased to do. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's something that's in addition to my regular job, of course, but it is also one of the things that have taken a lot of responsibility over the last few years. And it's why I've uh, focused on elections, uh, you know, and, and, and really been able to do the work that is needed to protect the voters of New York State, as well as Onondaga County. So uh, I hope to, you know, be reporting to you that I'll be uh, elections commissioner for, or I mean, not elections commissioner, caucus chair for one more year. Um, so, but this, uh, you know, a lot of times people say that there's no training 
for boards of elections commissioners. And that's not true. There is training. There is this biannual training that is happening from the New York State Elections Commissioner Association. Um, and the state board is heavily involved in that. But what is true is that it is not mandatory. It is not mandatory training. And then many counties skip out on paying for the commissioners to go to this training. Uh, and they see it as optional. And that is where a lot of the problems that we've seen in other uh, counties come into play because those commissioners don't go to the training and because their counties won't pay for it. So that's why I'm an advocate for mandatory training because I believe the training is already happening. But if it was mandatory, then the counties would have to pay to send their commissioners uh, to go to it. So it is uh, something that is something I'm an advocate for. Uh, there was a bill with this in the Senate this last year. Uh, it didn't make it to the assembly, but I hope that the new uh, uh, administration and new session that something along those lines will get passed. Uh, so I don't have much else to say today. Uh, you know, starting after Labor Day, uh, we will uh, really start getting into uh, the election season uh, and absentee ballots will go out. Um, it's, uh, I believe, it's September 18th. So uh, it is, uh, you know, a lot of stuff is happening to get ready for that. Um, but, uh, you know, the ballots are being designed. We hope to have sample ballots sometime in the next week or two. Uh, and, uh, and, and so they can be there for you for when the, you're making your decision. But here's your stats. I'm going to try to do this every uh, podcast. Uh, but you have uh, 19 days until absentee ballots are being sent out. And uh, uh, 19 days till absentee ballots are sent out, 55 days until uh, the uh, uh, start of early voting and 65 days until election day. Uh, so we're uh, in it, right? You know, we're starting to get into that last bit of, uh, uh, of stuff that needs to get done, uh, you know, to be ready for this big election. I, every election's big. But with uh, county legislature uh, and your town boards and your mayoral election inside the city of Syracuse on the ballot, these are the people that will affect your life the most. And that's why I'm doing these interviews. Uh, so I have today, I have the Clay uh, Town Democrats coming up next week. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do a commissioner of the car as of yet. If I don't, I'll do three Zoom with Zarnies uh, to try to get uh, some of these interviews I have canned out to you. Uh, I'm still focusing on the town candidates. Um, the next three Zoom with Zarnie ca town candidates will be a Zoom with Zarnie with Connor Pringle, who's the Lysander, uh, or I'm sorry, Van Buren, uh, running for Van Buren Town Council that right now is scheduled for Thursday, but it might be bumped up to Tuesday next week. Uh, the Salina Town Democrats, uh, this has been a kind of a, a start and stop doing some schedule uh, issues, but it will happen this, um, uh, it will be, it will happen this, uh, um, uh, this either this Sunday, next Sunday, or next Thursday it will air. And then uh, the Pompey Town Democrats, uh, Renee Rotundo running for supervisor out there, running for re-election, uh, you know, and a couple other people running for uh, other town offices. Uh, that will either air the following Thursday or this Sunday, depending on whether I get a chance to do a commissioner in car. I'm working on something special, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. So if it doesn't happen, then you'll get three Zoom with Zarnies next week. Uh, and then I'll come back with commissioner in car uh, the following week. 
And we'll be talking to Candace Lockett, who's uh, helping out with inspectors for us for this fall. So that's about it uh, that I have for you. Uh, please enjoy yourself, but also remember, wear a mask and get your shot if you haven't got your shot. It's the only way, our numbers are going up and down in Dargate County. Uh, the only way that we're gonna get back to normal is if we are responsible, wear a mask indoors, wear a mask in your Uber, by the way, or any kind of public transportation, uh, that is law, that isn't a, that isn't a uh, you know, a, a suggestion like it is in other places. It is law. You have to do it. Uh, and uh, and then also, please, if you haven't been vaccinated, get your vaccination. This is the only way we get out of this. Thank you very much. And enjoy my interview with the Clay Town Democratic Committee and their candidates for town board. Bye-bye. I'm so happy to have my good friends from the Claytown Democratic Committee. Uh, we have uh, Kari uh, Echobreck. I, I know I was gonna do it wrong. I did it wrong right off the bat. And Kari Echobreck and David Mariano who are running for Claytown board and Nancy Kinnett's the Democratic uh, town chair for the town of Clay. Thank you guys so much for coming on Zoom with Zarni. Thank you. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, we do have other candidates that couldn't make this interview, and we hope that we'll have them on on a, on a future Zoom with Zarni. But uh, uh, we're going to get right into it with Carrie and David. Carrie, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, kind of tell us a little bit about who Carrie is and, and, and why you're running. Um, I'm a teacher by trade. I, this is going into my 20th year working in the city. I was a city resident most of my life and in the past six years moved out to Clay. So I've always been highly involved and interested in social politics and things that impact like the community. And living where I live, which is right quite near to White Pine Project and the Burnett Road, um, I've gotten very interested in what's happening to my neighbors. And I think that's what led me to running for this position. I think it's super important that any type of political leadership, no matter what level, needs to have um, a balance of leadership, but also the ability to see what your constituents want and need and what's going to be good for the area you're in. And I, I really enjoy Clay. It's got that nice in-between suburban, somewhat rural feel very um, close community, and I just want to make a difference. And David, same question to you. Yeah, so I've, I've spent my whole career in the human service nonprofit field. Um, so I've had, always had that kind of inherent uh, drive to, to help others. Um, I, I would say early on, I wasn't um, political, politically heavy uh, in, in my thoughts. Um, you know, I've gotten more interested in it recently. And I've kind of found it's possibly a new way where, where I can help my community. Uh, I'm used to helping my community through, through, through the nonprofit human service world. Um, and this will be kind of a new way um, that I can really, you know, kind of be there with the community I live in and, and, and help them to, to the best of my abilities. So the two of you are running for uh, Clay Town Board. There's uh, three seats up. There's a third candidate uh, that... Uh, uh, wasn't able to, to join us, but you know, for the first time in a long time, we're seeing a really large amount of uh, you know candidates for the Clay Town Committee. Almost every uh, 
elected office is coming up. Um, what's it like to run as part of a team? We'll start with you, David, and then go to you, Gary. It's exciting. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I would say I'm, uh, you know, new to this and, and, it, and it's very exciting to see that there, there's passion within the community um, to, to, to just better the community. Um, it's great to be a part of, uh, of a team of these, these great individuals. Um, I'm really excited for, for uh, the potential we have and, and kind of hopeful for what we can do uh, together for our community. And same thing to you, Carrie. Mm -hmm. um, I'm used to working as part of a team, being an educator, like I said, by trade, and I'm a big unionist. So I enjoy that camaraderie. I enjoy the fact that you don't feel like you're in it alone. I think a lot of people um, nowadays have become very apathetic and they, they don't want to stick their neck out. When you're part of a team, it's like, you know, I've got your back, you've got my back. And just like David said, it's important to, to look at politics as service. I think sometimes people forget that it's not so much about a stepping stone on your resume to go to the next level, but things can be useful if you are involved. And I think Claytown um, Council will be great because of the fact that there's so much going on um, in our local area. Clay's not always seen as like the hot spot of, of a lot going on, but clearly in the last year or so, there's been lots of projects solar panels, the talk of white pine, and the shift of industry from being in sort of the city centers, now moving out to more of the suburban rural areas where because industry is changing. So I think I'd like to have my hand in something that um, is gonna possibly make a difference to our lives, both in the county, but also at the local level. So that kind of leads me into my next question. Uh, what? are you hoping to focus on in your run for Clay Town Board? What, you know, this has been a, a town government that has been dominated by the Republicans for, you know, generations, uh, you know, in Clay. Why are you running and, and, and what do you think uh, needs to happen to, uh, uh, you know, to, you know, the, what are the issues that you wanna bring forward in your run? We'll, we'll start with you, Carrie. Um, I think it's important to, to be involved at the level where there's going to be actual change. Everyone knows whether it's a city government or in this case, a town government, if you have the same people in, in charge and nothing changes and you might not adapt. And I'd argue that, you know, given some of the decisions that our board have, has made before, um, like with the solar panel project, for example, dropping the ball on those pilot, you know, grants they could get to get the monies for the project. That's one level where I'm like reading that in the newspaper and I'm like, this is your only job. How did you miss this? I want to make sure that, you know, locally our needs are going to be met and our, you know, desires heard because it's very easy with being such a great large space that we've got. I mean, our clay is huge. So, you know, the needs are different. It's not like, you know, just the city where it's specified and it's pretty much similar population. You've got a lot of different communities within Clay as a whole. And like I said, the fact that there's a lot of talk of industry coming into my actual area where I reside, that's important to me. White Pine is um, what got me actually involved where I actually met Nancy for the first time, um, just as a, as a regular mom who was interested, the more I heard about what was happening at Burnett Road and the idea that the government could use something such as eminent domain to push what they would consider progress. Others might consider mm, that's a little bit of a governmental overreach. So 
I, I was very interested in becoming um, involved in learning. And the more I learned, the more I said, well, wait a, wait a minute, I don't necessarily agree with this. And I'm not the only one. But again, in politics, it seems that everyone is afraid to criticize the other one because they're looking to make their career of this. I, like David, we have our own careers. Like, this is not our, our you know, bread and butter. So I feel like I can speak a lot more candidly and a little more forcefully about topics that others might not in a similar position. And David, what, same question to you. What are, what are the issues that, uh, that you're seeing in town government uh, that has been controlled so long by one party? What are the issues that you're seeing uh, that you wanna uh, have addressed? Sure, I just, I just feel like um, there's a, a, a big part of the population that's not being uh, represented or listened to um, and, and that maybe the, the decisions of the town hasn't been fully reflective uh, of the community as the town of Clay as a whole. Um, you know, I understand um, progress is important, development's important, um, but I think it's been um, not to the benefit of the town as a whole. Um, I, I think it's kind of been a detriment um, in some regards um, to, to the people that live here. And I, and I just feel like um, they haven't been listened to enough. And, and, and I'm hopeful that, that I can be a listening ear to them. And that's, that's kind of the main reason I'm getting involved. I don't want to um, make decisions to, uh, for financial or development reasons um, without regard to, to the people that live in the town. So like everything uh, in uh, our lives right now, COVID affects campaigns as well. And even more so, I think, a you know, a town race like the town of Clay, where you have 40,000 voters, a fifth of the county uh, is in the town of Clay. This is not a small race. You know, this isn't like a small town. What uh, are you uh, planning, uh, you know, how are you planning to uh, campaign during this COVID time? David, you're first. Sure. So I, I'm going to take my, uh, my uh, nonprofit background in, in, in kind of um, engagement and fundraising, kind of try to utilize that to uh, engage the community and, and target the community appropriately, um, making sure that um, that they, they, they know one, that most people know that there's this local race. Um, I just wanna make sure that, that the people that are living in this community understand they have a voice and a say in the decisions that are made within their community uh, you know, via their vote. Uh, so that's kind of the main thing I wanna make sure that they know about and then know about our names, getting our names out there, whether that's uh, mailers, going out in person or utilizing social media um, you know, this day and age, it's, that's, that's, a, that's a tool you just have to use. And I just want to make sure that our community understands that they do have a voice in, in the decisions that are made in their local community. Um, and, and so there's a few different uh, avenues that, that we can do to make sure that that happens. And, uh, and same question for you, Carrie. What, you know, how are you planning to cover such a wide area with COVID continuing to go on? And how, what are the campaign methods that you're hoping to bring to, the, uh, to your campaign? I think um, using social media is one. That's a very quick way to get to people, especially if you are savvy about it. 
But the door-to-door concept, like David had mentioned, just talking to people. I think the one thing COVID's taught me, this is not a partisan issue. It's more about people want connection and they want community. That's what, like I said, that's what brought me in the door. The White Pine situation with Burnett Road. The more I spoke to my neighbors, who I, I'd never met them. It's very much, you know, you go to your house, you mind your business, you go to work. I liked getting out and seeing what my community was into and what was, you know, happening. And I'd argue that putting a face, whether, you know, and, and I don't think it's going to be an issue of Democrat or Republican. I think anyone that we spoke to and really were clear about our stance and, you know, wanting to better our community, I think a lot of people would be receptive to that on both sides of the aisle. You know what I mean? Like people are missing the connection. Government seems very removed. Everything is, you know, the distancing and, you know, the mask and stay away. I think is, you know, if we get out amongst people, there might be a shot. So that kind of brings me to my next uh, guest, uh, Nancy Kinnett, who's the newly uh, new town of Clay Democratic chair. She took over this year. Uh, Nancy, you've already been very active with recruiting candidates, not just here, but on the county ledge side as well. And um, what, you know, what are you hoping to do with the town of Clay Democratic Committee? I mean, you know, we've, uh, we've seen, you know, sometimes some activity, we've had some modest successes that have had some backtracks, you know, but what, how are you hoping to energize your committee and, uh, you know, and talk to, you know, a, a town of Clay that it's actually got more Democrats in it than Republicans. Mm -hmm. Exactly, Dustin. So um, the approach that we took um, starting at the beginning of the year was we actually pulled the committee and asked them what their goals were for the committee. And really what we found was not only political goals, like we're all here for a common goal to get people elected, but we all did want a sense of community along with it. And so what we did is we established a community engagement committee that's been very active since um, the beginning of the year. We've done a food pantry drive. We did an Earth Day cleanup, which we had a lot of participants for. And that really helped us come together as a committee. It was really important. And then we had another group participate in the Memorial Day Parade. So we're constantly talking about what a difference we can make in our community so that people actually see the positive that comes out of politics. Too much of politics has become negative and derogatory and just speaking badly of other people. And we really wanted to change that image in the town and really focus on the good that we can do for our community. Um, and that includes bringing candidates forward so that people have choices when they go to the polls and they have a reason to go there. When you have a number of people on the ballot, then people are engaged and wanna go and vote. And so really that's been one of my personal goals is to bring candidates forward. And I um, you know, think we've been really successful at that this year. So uh, the town of Clay um, you know, has a lot of uh, advantages and disadvantages in running it. But I think one of them is that uh, you know, Clay Town Hall is one of the early voting sites in Onondaga County and one of the more, most populous early voting sites that we've had the last couple of years. Um, how important is it to have an early voting site uh, in your uh, town? You know, how important is that for the voters? We'll start with Nancy and then go to Carrie and David. Yeah, so I think it's super important. Um, Pre-COVID, I actually traveled a lot for work. And sometimes I didn't have a lot of lead time that I would have to go to Massachusetts. And so 
I would find myself struggling some days um, to vote if I had to rush back into town or something. So to me, since early voting has come in, I've really enjoyed the Sunday hours. I've gone, I think every time on a Sunday and voted and it's a more relaxed atmosphere. It gives me wiggle room if somebody's sick and I need to adjust my schedule. Um, I just find it super beneficial to have a choice of days. And we saw that in the town of Clay, like there were lines wrapped around the parking lot, um, people waiting to vote this um, last election. So I think it's super important that people have those options um, so that no matter what your schedule is, no matter what your family demands are, you can get there and vote. And Carrie, to you. I think I've noticed, um, like Nancy said, having those options is really useful, at least in the classroom application due to COVID. Um, there's more of now a flex in what we consider a really rigid schedule with the agrarian, you know, factory model. Now having that option with online meetings and classes, I think people have gotten very comfortable with the idea of, hey, maybe this, you know, the standard doesn't work for me. And like Nancy said, having options for people, I think I'm a single parent with, you know, two young children, you know, it'd be very easy to get home, get dinner made and oops, I missed the time to go vote. So I think having, having a lot of those options for such a large um, part of the county is really, really useful. And I think that's one of the positives, I guess I'd say coming out of COVID is that having a little bit more flex time in our work schedules and, you know, including voting is very, very useful. And David, to you. Yes, the, the, the right to vote is absolutely fundamental to, to our country and making it more accessible uh, is, is only good. Uh, it shouldn't be extremely difficult or hard for people to plan uh, to be able to vote. Um, so I think it's wonderful that, that, that there's, there's availability for, for early voting. Um, and we just need to be cognizant of, of the accessibility and the availability of voting for, for everyone. Uh, not everyone's in the same um, position and in, 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 in working hours. Um, so we just need to make sure that the, that the ability to vote is there uh, equally for, for everyone. So we're getting towards the end of our time here. And I know that you'll be doing a lot of uh, events in the community for people to get to know you a little bit better. But uh, I always like to end my podcast on this question. What haven't we covered? So what, what, what haven't we talked about that you want to get out there? It could be a town issue, personal issue, whatever you want. Uh, we'll start with you, Carrie. I think I segue back to what I originally said, the White Pine situation on Burnett Road. For those that might not be familiar, might not be from the area, uh, Burnett Road borders lands that the county has had for many many years and it's been you know touted to be developed over the decades okay and so now we've got about four major developments i think the last number i knew there's about approximately eight thousand people that live very near this project burnett road is the specific piece that they need to make this project larger and so you know i've been following it like i said for the past six months been involved in probably the past three and I think it's important that people step up and get involved when things happen in your community. It's very easy to say, well, it doesn't matter. Amazon's going in Liverpool, that does not impact me. Or this project's going over here in Clay. And I think it's all interconnected. And so I, I really just want people to know that don't let your apathy lead you, don't become frustrated. 
even if you don't like the way things are going, get involved or like we've just said, go vote. You, you can make a difference, but sitting back and complaining isn't going to do anything. And so, you know, the more I hear about Burnett Road and White Pine and, and actually experience it, the more I'm like, you know, I need to do something. And what can I do as a local constituent and a local voter and a parent? Let me get involved. And so I just, I just would suggest that everyone finds a passion and looks locally what's going on and then go out and make your voice heard through the voting booth. Yeah, I think with the White Pines thing, I, I kind of want to interject a little bit only because I, I, I think, you know, we're, we know about what's going on there. But I, I think the average public doesn't know that uh, some people are going to lose their homes over this. It's not just a business development project to, to, to do the expansion. It is necessary for the government to take the homes of the the residents on Burnett Road and, and, and elsewhere. And yes, they're giving an opportunity to sell them to the county government, but it's not, but there is talk of eminent domain is happening as well. Is that correct? Yeah, that meeting is going on tomorrow. OSIDA has it on their agenda that they will be voting about eminent domain and things that are associated with it. So I don't know that it's coming out directly, but after the county legislature um, voted to give OSIDA that revolving bit of money out of the 20 million from the federal funds from the COVID relief, you know, I have more questions than answers, apparently, and I live down the road. <laughs> so I guess the idea that the government can come in and take property at their whim, but also not be a lot of not answer a lot of questions or be transparent. That's where I have an issue. I could see like we're going to put an emergency room down the road. We need that. That would be great. But this is something that's private industry coming in that could be a foreign company. We don't know if there's been a feasibility study. There's so many questions for such a large project that is projected to be three times the size of the of the fairgrounds blueprint. So if you a footprint. So if you imagine how large the fairgrounds is, that's large, but there's not residential places butting right up to it. We're now looking at having something the size of the fairgrounds tripled right downwind from about 8,000 residents. So again, I'm not a fan. It keeps being touted off as being clean production but that is actually untrue. The only thing clean that they use when they produce microchips is the actual room they produce the product in. Carcinogens and all kinds of things go out into the, out into the environment. And I'm just, I'm just not pleased. I did not know that the county executive had the power to just come in and say, we want your land, goodbye. I mean, we're not a fiefdom. You know, we're, we're a collaborative group of people. And so, like I said, get out and vote. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be nice if, you know, the town government was doing some more outreach on this and, and that's where your role could be. David, um, going to you, uh, what, uh, what is your, uh, you know, what, what, what haven't we talked about that you wanted to have covered today? Well, you, you kind of both touched on it in your latter points. Um, I just think the, the, the transparency and the communication uh, of our town is extremely lacking. Uh, I don't think there's enough uh, publicity or availability or accessibility to these uh, board meetings. Um, I don't think there's enough information given to the public uh, about the issues um, and, and what's going on more specifically with each um, issue. There should be a lot more uh, residents in the town of Clay that should be well aware of what's going on in the white with the white pines uh, white uh, pines project, um, and, and it's a big issue that there isn't. Um, I, I just believe that the, the town is 
um, a part of the community um, and therefore they should be a part of the community. Uh, so that's that's one of my, my, my bigger issues there is that community engagement and outreach in regards to significant things happening um, within the town of Clay. Great, and, and Nancy, what haven't we talked about that you wanna have out there today? Yeah, so I have um, something on my mind constantly and that is how do we win in the town of Clay because we haven't successfully done it before. And I personally have knocked on tons of doors over the years I've been on the committee and had a lot of confidence in my candidates and knew what strong candidates they were. And yet we can't get anybody across the finish line. And so what I want people to know and what I want to really talk to people about is that in 2017, we had a candidate lose by 130 votes. 130 votes. She came in fourth place. And um, and our democratic enrollment has gone up since then. We know that, Dustin, right? You've shown us those numbers, how much it's gone up since then. So I think having three candidates on the ballot for this position is a huge advantage to us. Um, and that's when we came so close before was when we had um, three people on the ballot. Um, but I think with the quality of candidates that we have also, we've got great diverse representation. We've got Carrie, who's a single mom, who's a school teacher, um, who lives in one part of the town. We've got David, who's a relative newlywed, who's very into the nonprofit sector. sector. He lives in another part of the town. And then we've got Fred, who we haven't met yet, but he lives in the village of North Syracuse. And what's Fred's last name? That's up at 3.30 in the morning to work, you know, and works all day. So and what, what's, what's Fred's last name? I don't think we- Fred Hart. Fred Hart. Um, yeah, so I think we've got a great diverse group of candidates that really represent our community. And that's what I was looking for in our candidates was I wanted people that look like our community. And then we also have Anita, Anika Flagg who is running for town clerk. And she's in another um, location. She's very into volunteerism, does a lot of things in that area. David has served on committees with her. Carrie actually knows her too. So she's very well known. But I think with the strength of these candidates and the different parts of our town that they represent, we should be able to bring people to the polls to get us over the line and get these people on the board so that they can serve the people of the town of Clay. Yeah, well, I just so excited about uh, the direction of the Clay Town Committee. And, and you say that we, uh, you know, we almost won in 2017. We actually did win a seat in 2017. We did. And, and, and it's okay to point that out because he ran on the Democratic line, Kevin Meeker. He yeah. then switched over to become a Republican uh, a couple of years later. He's on the ballot this year. So if the voters want to uh, talk about that, they, you know, they can do that. But, but that does show the power of how, where the Democrats are in Clay. And that town clerk position is important too, because the town clerk basically runs the show over there in the town of Clay. They, they, you know, they, they have a lot of these town clerks and we don't have a town supervisor candidate this time, but these town clerks and town board members, they have a lot of power and that, that uh, affect the everyday life of the citizens of the town of Clay. And it's too bad that there's not more outreach, that there's not more transparency, that there's not more, um, you know, 
you know, meetings that are televised or, or, or at least live stream that can be, uh, that the average citizen can be involved if they can't take two hours out of their time to go to a town board meeting that they may not even know is happening. Yeah, well, I just use the example. Look at Carrie. She's got two young children, right? Carrie, how old are your kids? Five and seven. Five and seven. How is she going to go to a meeting at 730 at night after working all day as a teacher, physically take her children, go to this meeting, sit there, expect them to behave, get homework done, all that, and get them back in time for bed? How does that happen? It does not happen. That's what happens. And in many cases, it works to the benefit of our current board that it doesn't happen because there's less eyes on the decisions that they are making. Well, um, hopefully if there were more eyes, there were things like the solar project wouldn't have been dropped. I mean, we have to pay attention to what's happening and, and say something. And, I'm still- I'm And what happened with that solar project though? Let's, let's explain that because I think, again, this is something that we know, but maybe right. the viewers don't know. So what, so there was a solar project in the town of Clay uh, that for some reason, um, the pilot agreement was not negotiated as it has been in other towns in central New York. And the town of Clay lost out on a certain amount of property tax money. Do you know That's how much correct. that was? I think it was, Dustin, was it in the 30,000 range yeah. or something? I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. But the, but the quote from the town Annually. supervisor was that they came to them so fast and furious, they didn't have time to, to look at it. That is just poor business practice, right? If any of us did that on our day jobs, we'd, we'd be gone, like, let's face it. So, and the other thing is not only that, if you talk to the neighbors that border that solar project, that area is unkept. They are not taking care of the land. They are not keeping it neat. So these people are literally looking out their back windows at solar farms that are all overgrown because there was never any agreement made or never any guarantees of how that land was gonna be maintained. So basically the town of Clay is being used, right? They're being used really good by these businesses um, to, to make solar power and not pay us for the, for the use. Right. And Nobody's saying you're against solar power. It's just that it's not at all. It's just nope. not not uh not being done in the in the right way. Carrie, you were going to say something. Well, there needs to be that trickle down of if you're going to come and set up shop in my town and get tax breaks. These are not poor companies, by the way. These are usually, you know, very very multi billion dollar. At least in the the chip factory, at least would probably be. But these are large corporations that make tons of money. They put a strain on the local economy because then you've got a shift in the the zoning, you've got a shift in, let's say, the traffic patterns. I mean, my God, I live right near Route 11. Chick-fil-A mucked it all up. And that's just a small little place where, you know, people get chicken sandwiches. Imagine what a huge factory or, like Nancy said, a solar farm will bring in a lot of situations. And then what falls on the local residents like will our taxes go up will they need to change infrastructure we all know across the nation um there's infrastructure issues everywhere i mean look at syracuse being the oldest you know area and i just don't like how the idea the schools affected how are the fire departments affected those are all questions you know that are asked that nobody seems to have answers to they just say oh we deal with it it all comes together when it happens right Nobody and then they get up. generic eis which is that you know environmental impact and it's very generic and it's like well wait this is very specific industry how do you not know it's again i, I would like to know what's happening and are you going to send back the money to the constituents are we going to have improvements in the schools I, I find it upsetting that cns high school isn't air conditioned for example 
those we could go on for days about the schools, but <laughs> the idea of, of having some sort of benefit, residents might say, you know what, this could be a good thing. Look, our roads are improved, or we've got a couple new parks put up, or they've given some money to the senior center. I just don't see the benefit. And I'm sorry, but I don't think that we need to be cherry picked from across the county to say, well, we're going to use you, we're going to use you, we're going to use you, but they're not going to put them in Radisson or places of, you know, higher income. It's pretty simple to me. There's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. I'm all for solar power in the right way. Uh, as I alluded to before, it has to be at the benefit of the residents of this town, not at a, a detriment. And right now they're doing it the wrong way uh, to a detriment to our town. Um, and I think that right now the candidates we have can change that and, and do things the right way to a benefit to our, our town residents. And I think it's the, it's the responsibility of the town board, no matter what town you're in, to take that in consideration and say, okay, you know, we're, it's, it's, it should be people over profit, first of all, in my opinion, my personal opinion. But if there's going to be that sort of situation, there should be a little bit of symbiotic relationship where it's like, you know what, we're going to help play out. We're going to give them this much money. You know, if White Pine comes, I don't think we're going to see the money um, or the value that it's being touted off to be. So again, I would like to say that if David and I and, and um, Fred were elected, that possibly we could say, you know, let's let's take a moment. Like there's other towns that have done moratoriums. Sometimes they pass, sometimes they don't. Or let's let's do a deeper dive. I'd argue when I sat and spoke in front of McMahon and Osida um, when we met about White Pine, I think I was better researched than half the people on the panel. I came up with more questions and concerns. They're like, oh, you know, they didn't know. And again, at, at the Claytown level, we need to make sure that what comes in is going to benefit our community. It's going to benefit our area and not roll over, roll over the needs of the people who reside here at the cost of what? A couple extra coins in the coffers of the county. I mean, not interested in that. Well, I think uh, we're going to uh, you know, leave it there. There's some incredible questions and I'm so happy that you all are running because you're, the citizens of uh, Clay deserve uh, that, you know, that, 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 uh, uh, that, uh, sorry, my dog. This is the problem with doing stuff from home. My dogs just decide to go nuts and they hear these things in the background, but it, it, it's good to see the, the town of uh, Clay getting ample representation and choices at the ballot box because that's what it's about so i'm glad that you're all on and thank you so much for coming on uh zoom and Zari. thanks Justin. Thank next week i'm going to have uh the town of salina democratic candidates and connor pringle who is uh running for van buren town council on we're ending the summer with ending up and getting the the town candidates done on Zoom and Zarni, and then we'll start uh, jumping into the county ledge candidates to try to get all these done before uh, the election. So uh, please stay tuned, enjoy. Remember to wear your mask when you're indoors. It's recommended by the CDC. I know it's not mandated yet um, in, in Onondaga County, but the Delta variant is still on the rise. And um, you know, it, it, people who are vaccinated can get infected. They can pass it along. Other people have children who cannot get vaccinated, but the good news is the Pfizer vaccine has been finally FDA approved. So please go out and get your shot if you're not vaccinated. And when or if you're offered a booster, you should probably do that as well. 
winter's coming in central New York. We all know that we're all going to go back indoors. And, uh, you know, that is when things can get really off the rails here. So let's be responsible, look out for each other and uh, keep stopping this spread. And remember uh, to go out and vote this fall. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.